This week on Moms Moving On. He terrified me. He just, he had, at, at, at this point, I think I was so brainwashed to think, thinking that I wasn't good enough, that no one's going to love me the way he loves me. That's a classic line they always use. But I believed it. And I was 34, 35 at this time. And I thought I was old. And I was like, who's going to want a mom with two kids? And how am I going to start over? And pretend you're in your house. And he's texting you something. And right away, your nervous system skyrockets into survival mode. Uh And you literally see this person as a bear. And then you let him in. Then you let the bear in. And he's like, oh, you know, roaring and stuff. And then you're just, now you freeze because you don't know how to handle it. Or you cry. Or you lash out and you try to argue and engage. Or you do what everyone tries to do, try to change his mind (laughs) and try to apply logic when that doesn't work. But really, what they are, are just squirrels. Life moves on, so why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Welcome back, everybody, to another Moms Moving On. We're getting magical today. We're going to find the magic to make your life so much easier when you're co-parenting, when you're dealing with a high-conflict, narcissistic ex, because we have Lindsay Ellison with us. She's a relationship coach who helps people discover their breakthrough in their breakup. She specializes in childhood trauma, codependency, and communicating with narcissists and high-conflict relationships. Lindsay is an international bestseller of her book, Magic Words, How to Get What You Want from a Narcissist, a TEDx speaker, and also the host of her own podcast, Unbreakable You, Break Up Without Being Broken. Lindsay, thank you so much for being here. I feel like everyone who's already listening is just like now on the edge of their seat. Oh, well, hey, thanks. Thanks. I'm so happy to be here with you. This is awesome. And I'm so glad we've connected. And I can't wait to hear what the magic formula is. But before we jump into all that, why don't you give us a little background? Who are you? Where did you come from? How did you end up in the space? Because you're killing it. And we are in awe of this. Oh, you're so kind. Um, I've been coaching for about 10 years now. And I got into it by accident, really. I was married to my first husband, met him sophomore year in college. You know, he was my first real boyfriend, didn't know what I was getting myself into. You know, we graduated, moved in together and had kids. And um, there were a gazillion red flags going to the relationship, but I I had no idea about navigating myself, sense of self, Um, my trauma from childhood, because I always feel as though everyone who gets into relationships with these kinds of people typically have some kind of trauma that created what I call an adapted sense of self. We adapt to our family caregivers and we create what we think are great healthy default mechanisms, but one of them is codependency. And it's the, I'm gonna help and be the helper and the fixer and not really have a voice and not say anything. So this is a really wonderful magnet for someone who is high conflict, narcissistic, any kind of personality disorder. They love that, right? They we're we're the empaths. Yes, the empathetic. They love us. Sweet, loving humans. Yeah. And um, and the reason why they love us is because of their trauma and their family mm-hmm. system and that they were mm-hmm. looking for someone who could bring them up because they never had that as children. So, so that was my dynamic. 
when I met my first husband and um, I always just, there was something always off in our relationship and he is very covert. So just really nice. Everyone loved him very, you know, just my family loved him. Everyone loved him, but behind the scenes, there was just a lot of uh, emotional and um, a, a lot of emotional abuse basically, mm -hmm. but it was just so nuanced that you really couldn't really pinpoint it. So there's right. a lot of manipulation, a lot of gaslighting, a lot of stonewalling. And by the time I had my second kid, I thought my kids were going to make me happy. I thought the kid thing was going to just make us better. And in fact, it got worse because I felt very, very alone in this thing called parenting. And it was some of the hardest years I wish I could get back because I, I lost a lot of my, my kids' younger lives because of um, how depressed I was. I think so and, many women listening to this right now are just nodding and can relate, unfortunately. I'm sorry you yeah. went through that. So ultimately, um, I just, you know, I was going to therapy and couldn't get the courage to leave. I was just really um, scared. He terrified me. He just, he had, at, at, at this point, I think I was so brainwashed to think, thinking that I wasn't good enough, that no one's going to love me the way he loves me. That's a classic line they always use, mm -hmm. but I believed it. And I was 34, 35 at this time. And I thought I was old. And I was like, who's going to want a mom with two kids? And how am I going to start over? And just the thought of, you know, breaking up my family was was awful. So it really took me a long time to, to figure and to just get the courage to, to move out. And I actually had to move out. So it's kind of like a, an escape that I had to mm -hmm. do. Um, and then when I got out of that home and I found like clarity and I understood like, cause you're in a fog, you don't understand kind of what's going on. You just know in your gut that it's wrong. And once I started to do that, I ended up meeting and dating someone who was a pathological sociopath, oh my goodness. <laughs> narcissist, and that got me back into therapy. And so when one of the new therapists said, oh, he's a narcissist. I thought, what the, you know, what does that mean? I don't even understand what that word is. It was just, you know, back then we're talking 12, 13 years ago. Back the whole then, internet wasn't using it back then, right? It just, it, no. And so I remember beelining from the therapist's office to the Barnes and Noble that we had and found one book on narcissism, just one. And I remember opening it up and it just explained everything and explained my marriage, explain my, my father, my childhood, everything. And that's what got me angry is that why are, why don't people know more about this? And, and how do we navigate this? How do we understand sense of self? Uh, and so I was a journalist at the time. And so I started writing about it. I was like, and I had a day job, you know, I wasn't planning on, so I wrote some article, I pitched it to Huffington Post. Huffington Post was really big back then. And Huffington Post took one of my articles and it went viral. And I forget what even it was about, but it went viral. And then my email just blew up of just, oh my God, you just spoke to me. It was as if you were writing about me and can you help me? And so that's kind of how I got kind of got into coaching just to help people get out of their bad situations. Mm -hmm. So that was 10 years ago. And since then I've evolved into just coaching now, you know, thousands of people around the world. I saw a very one kind of common denominator that was the problem that I figured out somewhat of a solution to, to manage these high conflict co-parents. And it's really how we view them. It's the lens in which we see them. 
and we Mm -hmm. see them, I have this whole philosophy is we see them as bears and not squirrels. Mm -hmm. So I always say when you are pretend you're in your house and he's texting you something and right away, your nervous system goes skyrockets skyrockets into survival mode Uh and you literally see this person as a bear and then you let him in then you let the bear in and he's like oh you know roaring and stuff and then you're just now you freeze because you're you don't know how to handle it or you cry or you lash out and you try to argue and engage or you do what everyone tries to do try to change his mind (laughs) and try to apply logic when that doesn't work but really what they are are just squirrels so a squirrel's knocking on your door, you let them in. And if you have a squirrel in your living room, they create chaos. They're annoying, right? They're jumping all over the place. They're pooping messing on everything. things down, yeah. pooping it on everything. It actually happened to me once, Lindsay, two squirrels in my living room. <gasps> oh, God, no. But oh, I'll God. take so that over a bear I have a bear. <laughs> <laughs> right? um, but yeah, they're, they're frantic, but but you don't, you don't think your life is in jeopardy. So you're just trying to get them out. And just, and so you might manipulate a squirrel a certain way to put an acorn outside so they leave, mm-hmm. right? So that's really the number one thing is how we look at them. And then there's a reason why we look at them the way we do is because we've been conditioned by not only our ex-partners, but we were also conditioned this way before, long before we met them. And so that's the the family system. And that's really the breadth of my coaching now is getting to the root of what, where did this codependency come from and how do we start getting you back to self-esteeming rather than other esteeming. And once we do that, these people, whoever bothers us is like water over decks back. I love that. And I feel like, you know, it, it, once you are able to make the connections, like I, I too share a similar childhood experience with you in the, in the sense that the narcissist in my life was my father. And that just sent me on a spiral forever until I was, you know, uh, unleashing all my trauma in my first marriage and realized, okay, I need help. And, you know, let's, let's fix this because I can't continue down this path. But I think once you're able to connect those dots, it really does help turn the bear into the squirrel. It really does. It really does. So it really does. So the first thing that we do when we're seeing them as a bear, you know, we are giving away our power. And that's, that's a a phrase I typically stay away from because every coach says, stop giving away your power. And Mm -hmm. you're like, well, what the hell does that mean? Right. But that's, that's really what it means where we are letting them they, they think they're bears, so they project their illusion of themselves onto us, and then we carry it. So I think of like baggage. So it's like, here, take my bags. Oh, okay. And I'm going to also see you as a bear. And that's how you're always never feeling in control. And that's what creates this survival response of, you know, anxiety, shakingness, you know, shutting down, not knowing how to deal with these people because we have been conditioned for so long to think that they are bears and not a squirrel. And mm-hmm. that again starts, you know, in the family system. And I think women, I'm not saying men don't struggle with this because they definitely do, but I think women do struggle with this more because of our culture and that we've always been told from day one to, you know, be Cinderella Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, uh, you know, be, don't, don't be loud, be the good girl. Uh, don't, don't have a voice. And whether that was told in our family system 
or it's culturally, right? Or brush your hair and put some lipstick on before your husband gets home from work. I've heard that. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Marry well. Yeah. Because God forbid you have an education. God forbid you you get strong and smart, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think we are subconsciously attracted to the real strong personality. And so a lot of the good guys, the the quieter ones don't often get a lot of attention. So that's that, that combination. But then when we divorce, a divorce is, is truly the ultimate boundary on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Narcissists and high conflict people don't like boundaries. They are Not very threatened all. by them. Mm-hmm. So I always say boundary is like kryptonite to a high conflict person. They feel weakened by a boundary. So the more we try to have boundaries, that's the natural instinct, right? When we get divorced, we're like, I'm done. No more. I'm, you know, I've got my world. Well, but then you have to co-parent. When, then you have to co-parent, right? <laughs> so the co-parenting aspect is we want to fight. We want to put up a wall. We, 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 we put up the wall because we think of bears on the other side. But if we start looking at them as just not, they're just annoying, annoying. And another way of saying instead of a squirrel is a very undeveloped child. Mm-hmm. So in my book, I talk about if your child, so let's say you have a five-year-old and you're making dinner and you know it's dinner time and you're you're about to have the, um, the hanger little meltdown. Breakdown. Yeah. You're, you're sensing it. And then they start woodpeckering you. Mom, mom, can I have dinner? Can I have snacks? Can I have this? Can I have that? Mm-hmm. Right. Pe- woodpecker, woodpecker. Does that sound familiar? Kind of like our ex, right? Can I have this? Can I have this? Why don't you do this? And then even as a little kid will manipulate you. Oh, you're not a good mom or whatever they might say. Okay. And then they start to have a meltdown, a temper tantrum. Do we get on the floor with them and have an equal temper tantrum? Do we sit there and say, why aren't you listening to me? Yep. No, we redirect them. We validate and redirect. And for me, that empathy in difficult situations is completely disarming and will change the course of wherever that conversation was going. So, right. I call that empathy with boundaries, right? So you're not falling into their their web and becoming, you know, you're into a spider's nest and you're getting wrapped up with their web. You're just observing it. You speak to it, but you don't truly engage and try to get them to see and argue and see the other way around. Right. So that's the, the method that, that, uh, I use. And so I created this book and tried to come up with a really simple formula for people to just get (laughs) so that when they are in this situation, they can easily apply it. I love that because the biggest challenge for anyone who's dealing with a high conflict ex, whether it's male or female, is that co-parenting communication piece. You just want to deliver a simple message and it is completely turned around and split into 18 different like burning buildings. And then you have a dumpster fire. And yeah. I, it's, it's amazing how many clients will come to me and say, I just didn't even say anything. I didn't even I didn't even stand up for myself or I didn't even ask for the day that I needed because I didn't want to start anything. And it, yeah, it, it pains me. It pains me to hear that, that so many people are letting themselves get walked all over. I have a podcast that I did and I'd love for people to view it if this is an interesting topic. And it was, uh, I just did it recently and it was called think like a narcissist without being one. 
Interesting. That could be a book title right there, right? But yeah. basically, one of the biggest fears we have when we're dealing with a narcissist or high conflict, and again, we, you and I talked about whether we call it the N-word or not, it doesn't, it actually doesn't matter what they are. They're just yeah. difficult people, high right. conflict. When we are trying to co-parent with them, we often do what you said in that, in that example of like, oh, I just don't want to poke the bear, you know, but ultimately there's times where you actually need something that you want, right? Mm -hmm. You can't just keep giving it away and just say, all right, well, I'll just try to be amicable or I'm not going to say anything, but there's times where you're going to need to manipulate the manipulator mm -hmm. for your benefit. It's less about your benefit. It's mostly about our kids' benefit, right? So when we have an ask, let's say we have an ask where we need to switch weekends um, and or, you know, Johnny needs to go to school or Johnny wants to um, sign up for music class. I think I use this example. Johnny wants music class, but Johnny's father wants football. But, you know, little little Johnny doesn't want football. He wants music class. So the mom is like, oh, God, I've got to get him to, like, agree with this, right? So rather than saying this is a typical thing, hey, Johnny's going to sign up for music class and he doesn't want to do football, sorry, or whatever the situation is. And then, no, and then because all high-conflict people see their children as an extension of who they are. Mm -hmm. They don't see their child as an, an individual, unique person. Mm -hmm. So this becomes what's called an injury. They get injured by this information that my kid is not going to turn out the way I've always wanted it to be. Right. So there's going to be right away conflict. Serious level of black and white thinking there. I see it so much. And it's like, if this happens then, and it's like, well, no, Johnny just wants to learn music. No, nothing detrimental will come of this. <laughs> right. So then there's a way of having some empathy of, hey, you know, and then you say a, um, so in my book, I have 10 magic words and phrases that you can use. You can kind of like pick, pick, uh, pick and match, right, of, of mm -hmm. things that you can say. And it's again, it's not meant to be verbatim script. It's just to give you ideas of the approach. Uh, so in the situation is Johnny wants to do music. I know you wanted to do football. You were such a good football player. I know how much you like football. And and um, But Johnny wants to explore this. And it's something about you're so good at. It's that, it's that approach. Now, let's just say that doesn't work and that fails. And then they start to blow up and they have a temper tantrum boom, this is where things can go really, really south really quick. And so now you're so mad because you're not, your point's not getting taken. And, and then now you're blowing up each other's phones and they're texting and you're texting. What they want us to do is lose control. So if you've ever mm -hmm. been in an argument with one of these people, maybe when, when you were married, what happens? They you lose woodpecker, control. woodpecker, woodpecker. And then you're the psycho, right? And then you're the psycho. And right. then they're really calm. Mm -hmm. And they're really calm. And then they switch it around. Like, well, I've been trying, I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying to help. So you have to use and can use the same maneuver. I mean, ladies, so when if I could just see you right now, but like nodding, like, yes, I feel seen. Yes. So when he's blowing up your phone, right, you don't engage. And then you say another magic word phrase that's just still my favorite. And I've been using this on my ex for years. And you would think that he's wondering, like, why does she keep saying this? Well, he has no idea I've written a book. Or maybe he does and he doesn't care. But um, it's you seem stressed. What can I do to help you out? <laughs> 
Right. And you're not trying to be Mother Teresa. You're just pulling out all the magic that you have in your toolkit over there. You seem stressed. Um, I'm a little concerned by this little meltdown that you're having. Come back to me when you have had a a cool down and we can maybe engage in this conversation. If not, so sorry, I can't help you out. It's really how I I speak to my seven-year-old. Yeah. I see you're really upset right now. You're sad that you couldn't have the ice cream before dinner. (laughs) Let me know when you feel better and you're ready to eat your chicken nuggies. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what Uh that is, Lindsay. That's beautiful. Do we say to our seven-year-old, but I have worked so hard on this dinner. Do you know how much I've worked? And like this, like I went to the grocery store. I went to Trader Joe's for you. Okay. I went to Trader Joe's and stood in line for those damn chicken nuggets. And I got the organic nuggets. And I got the organic nuggets with ketchup and, and all sorts of stuff. And and do we expect a seven-year-old to care about what we've done? No, no, because their children are very self-absorbed because that's the way they have to be for development. Right. But these people we're talking about that, that we've got a co-parent with, they are underdeveloped children. So stop engaging with them as if they are some kind of functional adult and they're not. <laughs> this is so good. Where have you been all my life? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Underdeveloped children. You hear that, everybody? Um, no, but it's it's true. But that's, again, where I think the empathy piece comes in. Like, if you can look at this person as a wounded child and not forgive them for their mistakes, but understand that it's coming from a place of inability or hurt or pain, and again, not making it okay, but it gives you so much more perspective. And I like to approach anybody like that. You know, I I was with my daughter recently and we were at a, a friend's dinner at a restaurant and her and her girlfriend wanted to go into the bathroom by themselves. So we were right near the bathroom. We said, okay. And there were two older girls in there. And one of the older girls called my child and her friend some not nice names. So when I went in to like rectify the situation, the girl's mother came and started screaming and yelling at me. And I had to explain to my daughter, my my daughter was like, why didn't you yell at her? Why aren't you more mad? And I'm like, because for somebody to behave that way, that means that they feel pretty bad and they're not okay in their day-to-day life. I'm fine. I'm going to be fine when we leave this bathroom. She's probably not. My daughter was like, well, now I feel bad for her mommy. And I'm like, exactly. We have to feel bad for these people. And I think that can be applied everywhere and really helps would stop a lot of conflict. And, you know, hurt people, hurt people. That's they are projecting a belief system of themselves, how they think they don't like how they feel. So they are literally creating a conflict. They're projecting it as if you're the movie screen, they're the film they're projecting and they see you as a certain way Mm -hmm. so that, you take on their ugly projection of who they are. Mm-hmm. And then boom, if you engage with them, you've now validated as to why you're such a bad person, right? Yeah. One of the things I want to comment on, in, let's just use a scenario in the, in the bathroom, right? If your daughter, whatever, let's just say this girl said, uh, you're ugly, right? Mm-hmm. You're ugly. Well, if your daughter feels she called ugly, her a bitch, Lindsay, my daughter's seven. Called her a bitch. She, a bitch. Aww. She was like, "Mommy, the b word." Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, that's so neither here say, nor there. Let's just say that that happened, right? As, or as as this this is happening, but let's just say your daughter believed a small smidgen subconsciously that she was a bitch. Then it would hurt. Mm-hmm. But she, the funny thing is she probably didn't even know what that means and what that, you know, and she's such, she's still so 
preserved in her authentic self. She hasn't created false adaptations that she's not enough. Mm-hmm. So she didn't believe it. So what happens is, is when someone is accusing us of whatever it is, so in co-parenting, you know, it's, they make you feel like a bad mom. They make you feel as though you're not the, the you know, whatever name calling that they say, whether it's overtly or covertly, and then they do that. The anxiety that is produced from that or the hurt or the pain is because of how you see yourself. So we are constantly trying to fix them and getting them to see us differently. Mm-hmm. But where it has to come from is that how we see ourselves differently. And it's exhausting and such a waste of time and energy because this this idea that they have to see us in a certain way for us to be okay is just absolute bullshit. And this is where I like to say, just because someone says something doesn't make it true. That's pretty much my motto for life for anybody I work with and my child. But it takes a lot of work to get to that place where you're like sticks and stones, you know, but words will never hurt me. It's but hard. then, but that's, so to me, this is why I say um, uh, the, your breakup is, is the biggest breakthrough because all that is, is just an a call or an invitation to go, what do I need to work on myself for? Mm -hmm. That's an invitation to use this really shitty situation and catapult you and as a launching pad to get to actually where you're supposed to go, where you're supposed to be. And so if you are getting triggered by your ex, write it down. Do the sequence that I do. What's the thought? What's the emotion? How am I feeling? How am I behaving? And what's the typical outcome? And how do you want to redo that? So if you're getting triggered by his text messages, let's say, or this constant thing, the thought is something negative about you and what you believe about yourself. Mm -hmm. You could swirl that around for a while, just like think about, right, which is what I call your I am nots. Mm -hmm. So where are you, what what I am not are you is coming? I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not a good enough mother, whatever the I'm not, right? We know that's not true. You're an awesome person. You're a badass. So turn that around. And once mm-hmm. you start to change how you think about yourself, by default, you're going to start changing how you think about this high conflict person by default. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll and I'll back that up by saying the more energy you take away from dealing with this person and put into being intentional and thoughtful and conscious with your children, the better you are going to feel in general, you know, like nobody feels good going to bed at night, knowing they spent half their parenting time fighting with their ex. I feel great going to bed, knowing that like we got homework done and we got time to color together. And we started that book that she really wanted to start. And I put everything else to the side for a little bit. And then nobody can call you a bad mom because you know, you're doing it so good by blocking out all the bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. And Then the next part is then that's where the book comes in is understanding this person's wounds, because what did I say? Hurt people, hurt people, right? Mm -hmm. So the magic formula, the steps um, is an acronym magic. So the first is mapping their persona. So before I got into the coaching world, I was always in advertising. I worked always in an ad agency of some sort, PR agency. And wherever we're trying to sell said product, we have to do persona mapping, understanding your buyer. What is she thinking? What is she all, you know, I always say, I use an example of Jif peanut butter. Choosy moms choose Jif. That was a tagline that was very much a messaging word that was so came up from 
focus groups, a lot of research. Mm-hmm. And they targeted choosing moms choose Jeff because they're targeting a mom who feels guilty about giving her kid peanut butter and jelly because she's so damn busy. Uh-huh. That was wow, all funny. done very, very well. Yeah. Well, they did that through persona mapping. They, they did some research. Well, the good news is we don't need a focus group on this person because we know them very, very well. So I give you a list, a series of questions and answers to start mapping who they are. What Then the next one is assess their fears and insecurities. These people are really scared, frightened little children. So understand that and then go to goal set. So now that you've gotten, it's, it's so eye-opening, these kind of exercises that I have in my book, just question and answers. And once you have this all mapped out, you realize, my gosh, this is a kind of a really flawed person. No wonder me saying no to him is constantly causing conflict, you know? And so then yeah. that's where you identify your words and then communicate. So that's the, that's the formula. That and is the magic formula, everybody, literally. That is, yeah. Uh, and so a lot of the times people will say, well, this is really, really hard, you know, for the people who struggle with it. Be curious as to why it's so hard. And that's because, are you still seeing him as a bear or you, can you see him as a squirrel? Someone who's, or that underdeveloped child. Moms, I know divorce can be really messy, but selling your engagement ring can actually be quick, easy, and stress-free with Worthy. Worthy uses their expertise, technology, and connections to get you the absolute most for your jewelry with no hidden fees. Plus, just for my audience, Worthy gave me a special offer to share. When you sell your jewelry through Worthy, you'll receive a $100 Amazon gift card when your jewelry sells for over $1,500. Ready to move on from your ring? Head to worthy.com slash moms to get started today. That's worthy.com slash moms for the special bonus offer. It's here. Oh my God, I can't believe it. My book is officially out in the world. Have you ordered it yet? It's called Moms Moving On, Real Life Advice on Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict, and Becoming Your Best Self. Moms Moving On is filled with practical, actionable, and empowering advice from someone who's been through it and comes out the other side, me. Through inspirational stories, rituals, journal prompts, and my guidance, you'll learn how to navigate your divorce with confidence, adjust to life as a single mom, shift your perspective to find your way back to your best self, and create the life you truly deserve. So order it now. What are you waiting for? So what would you say to any mom who is just starting her co-parenting journey, who, you know, like any client who comes to you or me says, I I just can't co-parent with this person. What would you say to that woman? Well, I would first ask, well, what are you doing? That's not working. Mm -hmm. What are the tips? So everyone gets triggered. There's so every time there's conflict, there is that sequence. There's the trigger, then there's a negative thought and then a negative emotion that happens immediately after the trigger. So ask yourself what's constantly triggering you about him that's making this an uncooperative situation and then start guessing and brainstorming what triggers him. And, you know, the, that magic formula and those questions answer can kind of get you there as well, but start doing that. And then when you start understanding, okay, we're getting, so typically high conflict people, they always need control. They need to feel, be in control. They want to dictate. They want to tell you what to do. And 
we think is a boundary, right? Of, well, he's not, I'm not going to let him do that. Rather than now ask yourself, so the trigger is I'm being controlled, right? The Mm -hmm. thought is I'm being controlled. Think about it differently. How else can we see this? Mm -hmm. How else can we see this differently? And it might be this person's trying to control me, but I can't be controlled. No one controls me, but me. Mm -hmm. So right away, you've had a shift. Yeah. And then you can be curious, open, have a question. Why is he trying to control? Like, what is he trying to get from me? And you can have that conversation. Now, ultimately they have such temper tantrums and like, it's, it's like soothing a child who's had a temper tantrum. There's no logic that could be applied when they're in that engagement. So when you start to, I always say, try to paint them in the corner and I'm not trying to do this. When I say manipulate the manipulator, you kind of have to kind of point them in the right direction so that they get painted in the corner so they they stop coming out, you know, coming after you. Right. Um, One of the biggest mistakes that I would also say, yeah. One of the biggest mistakes that I would, in response to this question you would ask me, what would I say? It's one of the biggest mistakes is stop trying to get them to see your point of view. Yes. Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, I probably share that 15 to. different ways a day on social media because I just don't understand the obsession. I mean, I get it, but he didn't see things your way in the marriage. He's certainly not going to see them your way now. It's, it's what's the point? Who cares? Yeah. And then um, stop trying to go out about this relationship as if you're co-parenting with an actual logical functional adult. So stop doing that. So you don't need, and, and, and I'll use my own children as an example. So I have two boys now, they are 20 and 17. So when they were little, seven, eight years old, in the beginning, I would say, Oh, uh, my son, Luke, I would text my ex, um, Lucas got a really bad grade and he's really upset. That's going to freak him out. Right. Lucas had some issues going on at at, at baseball. Okay. I noticed that every time I was just sharing something, it was an opportunity for my ex to lose his mind or get upset or try to control me and put me Uh down. Uh So again, functional co-parenting is, Hey, just FYIing, right? Just, Hey, this is going on. Okay, cool. I stopped doing that. Don't contact. So that's the G in my magic words goal set. What is your goal for reaching out? Every time you're going to send an email or a text, what is your goal? If your goal is to get them to have awesome insight about something, don't do it. (laughs) Or a pat on the back for your great ability to take care of your children. Oh, oh yeah. Oh God. I remember doing that in the beginning. Oh, I was constantly seeking that. Like, look at me, I can do this, right? No, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. Um, you don't have to share that much information with them. The other thing too, is that what they often do is they'll take your children and they start creating little mini versions of them Mm -hmm. over at his house. Mm -hmm. And then those little children are now mimicking and behaving the way he did. Mm -hmm. So you see these little budding narcissists or little budding manipulators. And especially if you're fresh out of the marriage, you kind of get re-traumatized by, you're like seeing your kid turn into a completely different person over the weekend that they're at dad's. And what that does is starts to freak mom out. Like, what have I done? Oh my God. And so now she's feeling really guilty that 
this whole thing is going on over our dads and I can't control it. And so now mom feels a little, she's getting a little bullied by her own kids. Yeah. She's getting a little intimidated. She's feeling lost in control. So the best way to nip that in the bud is ask your kid, wow, where did you learn to speak that way? Mm -hmm. Where did you learn that? So I always say ABCs, always be curious, Uh always be curious. When you're curious, it allows you to have empathy without being defensive. Right. So always be curious. I'm just, and so the way to start dealing and parenting your children. So that's the next topic. We can talk about that on another podcast, right? Is parenting your children with a high conflict person. What do you do when they get home from, from dad's house? Yeah. Cause that's, 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 a, that's a tough thing. That's something that I don't think people realize they're going to have to deal with or figure out until they're in this situation. And it's, it's very hard in the beginning. It was hard personally for myself and for everybody I work with, like, oh, I was just so excited to get them back. But now they came back like this, but that's a whole nother, you know, that's a whole nother session in, in, in college that we have to add on to our curriculum. Like it's, (laughs) it, it's really, it's, you know, cause you sit there all weekend, like, yay, can't wait to get my kids back. And then they storm through the door and you're like, who are these assholes? Like what, where is my child? Yeah. yeah that's, oh I God. mean, that's the work that I do with co-parents is, you know, how can we allow our child to be who they are and, and bring in what they've brought in, but also remind them where they are and what their rules and boundaries are in this house. And that's like you said, a conversation for another day, but this has been so chock full of so much goodness. Do you have your book well, on thanks. hand that you can hold up for us? Yeah. Now, I want you to know, see how little it is? Yeah. That's, that's by design. That's by design. It's very little. Easily because digestible. When I, when I first wrote this, my publisher was like, we need about 300 more pages in here. And I'm like, no, we don't. Because someone who is dealing, they just want the secret sauce. Mm-hmm. They don't need to hear about my whole story. They don't need to hear about where I, and I say that in the forward of if this, this book is not about narcissism and it's not about codependency and there's lots of other books out there on that. So get schooled if you don't understand it, but this is, I built this enough so you could put this in your pocketbook, right? In your purse, in the car, in the glove box, because that's when we're getting triggered. Mm-hmm. And so you can just go right to your questions of, um, uh, you know, the lawyer reminded me that dot, 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 or said person, therapist, teacher, so-and-so. So So there's all kinds of methods to have a more neutralized conversation rather than heated. Love it. Lindsay, you're a blessing and a gift. And I'm so happy we finally connected. For everybody listening, I will absolutely link the book. I'm going to link the podcast episode that she was talking about. I'm going to put a picture of her pretty face and just really, really (laughs) encourage you to listen to her podcast. That's the other thing I'm linking. Um, and hopefully we can have Lindsay back again for another conversation because I feel like we've just barely scratched the surface. Lindsay, for everyone listening, where can they find you? You can go to my website, lindsayellison.com. And I also have a freebie opt-in, which is called Blessings of a Breakup. And you'll get about two months worth of little emails every single day about finding the blessing the blessing and the lesson in the Love breakup. That. Um, and it's, it's a, it's, it was a spiritual thing that I created just to kind of keep us calm because when I was going through my breakup or divorce, I needed some like higher power love because I was just all over the place and there mm-hmm. was no book out there. So I started writing things to myself and 
one of these days when I got over, I'm like, I'm going to share it. So that's my freebie out there for people. You can opt into my website. And then I have a course, uh, an online six-week program called Breakup Breakthrough. And uh, you can always reach out to me for a call about that. Love it. I love it. I'll link it all. Thank you, Lindsay. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you next time on Moms Moving On. Imagine a place to get all of the resources you need and deserve while going through the divorce process, from legal and mediation tips to expert co-parenting advice and heartbreak healing words of wisdom. Imagine a place that offered weekly words of wisdom and inspiration curated just for you by me to help motivate you and make you feel seen throughout the toughest days of your divorce journey. Imagine if that place also provided you with the opportunity to connect with other moms who are going through the exact same thing as you. That place exists and it's called the Moms Moving On membership community. With two membership options, you are guaranteed to find your village and thrive in this next phase of your life. Visit my website, momsmovingon.com and click on become a member to join our community now. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong. 